Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Man, it's good to see you guys today. I trust all is well on this resurrection day. You, you do understand that a real person, I want you to wrap your head around this because in my journey as a pastor, here's one of the things I've discovered is that we have these religious philosophies. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. We have denominational concepts and ideas that uh, we've, we've pictured what Christianity is. And ultimately, it's a real person left his world and came to this one. A real person, not a religious idea. And he allowed, I want you to understand this today, he allowed his creation. If you look into it a little more in depth, it was the religious world of that day that actually went through with them in uh, cooperation with the corrupt government of that day. Jesus allowed them to take his life. Make no mistake, nobody killed Jesus. He says this very clearly in, when he's talking to Pilate. He says, nobody takes my life. I give it to you freely. He said, if I wanted to, I, I could talk to the Father and he would send legions of angels. If I wanted to deal with you, human he could have. He willingly gave his life for us. And then God raised him up on this day. Yeah. And so you and I, if you're here today and you belong to Jesus, then heaven is your home. Eternity awaits you. I tell, I tell you this all the time. This is, as, as, as those of us that belong to Christ, this is the shortest thing we will ever do, is this little window of time called humanity. And once we're done with this, whether we breathe our last or the Lord returns, I'm okay with either one. I would, I would I'd pick return, <laughs> but, you know, if you got to go the other way, okay. I'm not the first one to have to endure that. Amen? Yeah, and we all have uh, loved ones that live in heaven today. And I know on a day like today, we have many people here that are visiting with family and friends. And so welcome, those of you that are here, we... Uh, we want you to understand something. Regardless of your beliefs today, you're here. And if you've never given Jesus your life, we're not asking you to be a member of this church. We may not be your style. I got friends that love an old wooden pew and an old dusty hymnal. And they love that. And that's okay. I don't. <laughs> huh? But if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, this is my heart's cry for you this morning. Don't leave here without Jesus. If I never see you again, don't leave here without Jesus. We'll give you an opportunity for that in just a second. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get out of here without, yeah. I wouldn't be a good pastor if I did that, right? Let's get into this today. The, the title of our talk is Death defeated. And I want to take you to the book of Romans chapter 5 using the New Living. It says this, the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin, talking about Adam. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even through, or even though we are guilty, See, this is why you can't be mad at Adam. We've all done it. And I know there's people that are like, man, why has it got to be that way? Why, do, why does there have to be a judge? Why does there have to be sin? 
because there is a real creation. And he made it this way. And he has given every human the opportunity. And I'm going to show you some of these things this morning. He goes on to say this. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of righteousness. Watch this. For all who receive it will live in triumph huh, over sin and death. We have the victory through Jesus. See, every believer needs to understand because Jesus defeated death. And let me say this. He didn't just defeat humanity. You understand Jesus, the Christ in heaven, became a human named Jesus. Here's a newsflash for somebody today. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Now, I know some of you may laugh, but I t- I, I've been doing this for a minute. Christ is the holy anointed one that lives in heaven that is from everlasting. No beginning, no ending. The all eternal. Yeah. And he became a human. Philippians says he took on humanity and laid his deity and his godliness aside and exercised on this planet as a human. That's why in the gospel of Luke when he's standing in front of the religious world he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. See, if he was operating as God on the planet, then God doesn't have to anoint God. God is the anointing. Jesus laid that aside and became a human. Philippians goes on to say this, and having become human, he stayed human. See, every believer needs to understand that Jesus not only defeated death as physical, human death, but the, the death that he really overcame was the death that Adam created when he sinned because at that point we were spiritually separated from God you see this is the thing guys this is why we celebrate like we do and I know you know I talk to different people and they man why you got to make such a big deal about church I'm not making a big deal about church I'm making a big deal about Jesus now church is part of that but not church in the sense that we've created this thing within these four walls that we do This is basically what we get to do as a family. We just come in here and get the fellowship. You come in here because God knows you're busy people. So he gives me a word for you that you can be inspired to go through your week to impact other people in your life. You do understand that you're supposed to be impacting people for Jesus Monday through Saturday. You come in here and get a word, get encouraged, get the worship, get the fellowship, and get some discipleship. And then you go back out and you be the church on your job with your family. With your party friends. Y'all don't have any party friends? We need to work on that, okay? See, he didn't didn't just overcome the grave. He overcome everything that Adam destroyed for us. And then in that passage in Romans, it says we'll triumph. The, The more traditional writings in King James says that we will reign in life through Jesus Christ. See, what you need to understand, and I've said this in our last series several times, this whole thing, creation, Jesus, the gospel, this whole thing is a setup from the beginning. God set this plan up from eternity because he wanted a people that would freely choose him. He didn't just want to create something that would blindly follow him. He wanted, see, this is the power of free will. And this is why I continually remind you all all the time. I know there's this group of people, and I see posts on social media sometimes. Well, God's in control. Don't worry about it. No. If God's completely in control, then you actually don't have free will. 
You got that? I know that's a religious saying that soothes the human conscience. Well, God's in control. Well, if he's in control, sometimes he's really messed up. Things aren't looking the greatest right now. So, huh? Oh, no, but he planned it that way. Really? Then, but once again, if that's the case, then you don't get to pick. Let me take it a step further. If you go into hell, you might as well get to partying. If you go in, uh-oh, I must have poked a nerve. <laughs> like, everybody's like, what are you saying? I'm, I'm, you got free will. You get to pick. And if you're here today and you haven't picked Jesus, pick Jesus. Right? I want you to think about this. God created a people. And I know that some people struggle with creation. I'm going I'm to deal with you in just a second. But I want you to think about this. God created a people with the ability to choose knowing that not only could they, but millions would reject him. They would say no to God. But when you think about it rationally, when you think about it with some common sense, now you understand, you've heard me say this, common sense is not so common anymore. But if you think of it with common sense, when you look at creation, if the presence of intelligent design is obvious, and I mean, you can look at anything. I mean, you look at a smartphone. If you don't believe in creation, it's like saying you threw, a, you threw some plastic and some metal and some stuff into a fire and it came out a smartphone. That's, that's the theory of evolution. Oh, it just something, there was a big bang. There was a big bang, all right. God said, let there be light. And light exploded on the scene. There is a God. Whether you believe it or not, I assure you, whew, I can tell you from experience that I have sat beside the bed of hardcore men that cuss me like a dog. I don't believe in all that bleep, bleep church stuff. But then they're, they're getting, Jack, they're getting ready to breathe their last. Guess who they call? I'm like, sorry about your luck. No, I, I, I would never. <laughs> no, I would never. No. <laughs> now, that's what we want to do to some people that talk bad about us, right? But, but time and time again, you know why? Because humanity is God-made. Even if you don't want to admit it, even if you've been deceived by the enemy, humanity is God-made. So when you look at creation, if the presence of intelligent design is obvious, then isn't the presence of an intelligent designer just as obvious? You didn't just show up. God made all of this. There is a God, and he made all of it. Romans chapter 1 makes it very clear for since, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, they have been, say have been, they have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. Watch this very carefully. So that people are without excuse. What's that mean? That means all you've got to do is look around. 
All you got to do is look at the creation of human, the, look at the body and how it functions. And you just think that it happened? There is no way. God made you. And Romans lets us know that because we are God made, there is no exemption. You, you have no excuse for not accepting him. God is a just God and no one, listen to me very carefully, no one lands in hell on accident. No one. Because of this passage right here, you have to intentionally reject the realities of creation. You have to choose on purpose. And many times because of what the Apostle Paul says in the letter to the Corinthian church, that humanity has been deceived by the enemy. Now, let me touch base with, with this enemy deal for just a second because I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in the enemy. You all know who the enemy is, right? It's the kingdom of darkness. There's only two worlds, kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. You belong to one of them. You, you, you want me to help you? If you don't belong to Jesus, kingdom of darkness. It's real simple. There's no gray area. I know society has painted this picture. Well, there's all kinds of ways to God. Not, not, if, not according to the Bible. Well, who says the Bible's true? I do. God does. God, actually, in his word, God says, Brie, Brie got on me a while ago. She said, man, you got to smile. And I just happened to see her there, so my bad. I was cutting up with her. But God lets us know that we've been created. Remember, planned from eternity, Christ had to leave his realm and come here, come to the created to become a living sacrifice for us because God, he, re he required it to be this way. Jesus would come pay the price for the first Adam. That's why the Apostle Paul calls Jesus the last Adam. He came to restore everything that the first one lost. And so Jesus... The lamb slain before the foundation of the world, he came into this world with the sole purpose of giving his creation the right to become heirs of God. Is that crazy that you are an heir to the throne of heaven? I mean, it really just, sometimes when I try to stop for a second and wrap my head around it, I don't get very far with it because I can't really grasp the scope of what took place there. I, I, you know, because in our thinking today, the chicken fettuccine's taking forever, right? We say that stuff. We're in the we're in the drive-through at one of the, your restaurants or coffee shop. You're like, man, this is taking forever. It's really not forever. We're just impatient people in today's world, right? And God is eternal, so He He doesn't worry about that kind of stuff. He He, he you know, the Bible says the day with the Lord's like a thousand years. God could take, you know, 500 years, and he's like, man, I just got here. See, that's what some of us are going to be like when we get to heaven. I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I, I made this statement. I said, you know, there's a whole bunch of us, when we get to heaven, we're going to have to have these special classes just to get us acclimated for heaven because we weren't ready for it. Now, you're wonderfully born again. If you believe in Jesus and you've confessed him, you are wonderfully born again. That doesn't mean you're perfect. See, this is, one of the this is one of the struggles that the world has with the church today. We've painted this religious picture. Well, you better be good, do good. Be good, do good. Be good, do good. But what about on the days you don't do so good? When you're not so good. Now, I know some of you, you got your halos perfect on Easter Sunday. 
But most of us that live in the real world, we got junk. We make mistakes. We do dumb stuff. And it's the religious world that's painted this false narrative that uh, a society, you have to be this way and do these things. You have to sing this song. You got to do it that way. You got to say this. You got to dress this way. None of that. None of that's true. I think the world needs to understand this. More importantly, I think the church needs to understand this because we've become these religious people. And we have a world that is confused and we have the answer. See, here's the deal, guys. He didn't just come into this. Now, now this is going to get some of you today. He didn't just come into this world collectively. He wants to come into your world personally. He wants to get right up in the middle of your jacked up life. Some of you are like, well, Pastor, my life's pretty good. Well, he wants to get right up in the middle of your pretty good life. (laughs) I want to share a story with you today. This is a really cool story about a guy Anybody ever heard of a guy named Zacchaeus? You know, he's the, little, he's the guy that climbed up in the tree. And that's all, we get a little children's church story about Zacchaeus in the tree. But Zacchaeus, he's a different individual when you do a little research on him. And in Luke chapter 19, that we see th- this story. Now, let me kind of set this up. Zacchaeus is a very, now, later in that passage, the Bible tells us that he is the seed of Abraham, so he is an Israelite. But Zacchaeus, he becomes this very successful businessman, and he finds himself on the wrong side of corruption and tricky business and dirty deeds done dirt cheap. <laughs> wow. Too, too many of y'all laughed at that. I can't even, I don't even, where did that come from? <laughs> That's old school right there. Who, who sung that anyway? Oh, see, okay. See, see everybody, all visitors today, you see our church? We, we're just regular people, huh? And, and the only difference between us and anybody else is Jesus. That's it. But Zacchaeus is this corrupt businessman, and what he does is he uses his business to manipulate his own people in the name of success. Now, if you have seen The Chosen, then Matthew, you'll get to see a perfect picture of what Zacchaeus looks like because the, the, Israel, the, the Israelites, they hated tax collectors because they abused their power. <laughs> it's kind of like this because... When he got to a, a certain place in his success with his business, um, he, he did a lot of stuff with other rich people, well-connected people in the Roman government. He was, a, you know, which that Roman government, you think our government's jacked up? Now, we children's church <laughs> compared to the Roman government. That Ro- the Roman government was so corrupt, and, and Zacchaeus because of his success, I, I, I'm pretty confident that he had, quite a, he had quite a few of the politicians in his pocket. Y'all probably can't relate to that today, but when you follow the story, he actually has the title of chief tax collector. And I know we hear that term and we think, well, what's the big deal? Well, to, here's, the, here's the thing. Maybe you can relate to this. He was a modern-day organized crime boss. 
That's what Zacchaeus is. That's what, he, that's what his life would be like in today's culture. You ever seen The Godfather? <laughs> he, he's rolling with that group. And, and here's the thing. You have to understand, at this time in history, Jesus' his popularity, I mean, it is blown up. You all know if you read the, the Bible traditional writings, it says that multitudes were following him. Well, you got to figure out what that is. Well, you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 plus women and children? The Bible calls that a multitude. So thousands are all over the place with Jesus. His popularity, is, I mean, he's trending like nobody. And Zacchaeus has heard about him, and because of Zacchaeus' success and his pull in his community, he wants to see this guy because he's coming through town. And so he gets, I'm sure he has his crew go get him a spot up the, up the road and clears everybody out and, and makes way for him. So it's kind of like his secret service group makes way for him so he can climb up the tree so he can get a good spot so he can see Jesus coming. But here's what happens. When Jesus shows up on the scene, huh? he looked up at him and he called him by name. And then here's what's crazy. Robbie, Jesus invites himself to the crime boss's house. Like, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today, brother. And he got all excited because I'm sure he was like, he's coming to my house today. You know, it wasn't like, oh, the Savior. He didn't know, he, he didn't know anything about Savior, you know. He's like, man, this, this famous guy is coming to my house today. And so I'm sure his mind is already working. And he begins to think different things. I just kind of wrote some thoughts down. I can only imagine what was really going through Zacchaeus' mind. But, you know, he's like, this guy, Jesus, he really doesn't know me. He doesn't know who he's talking to today. He doesn't know what kind of person I really am. He doesn't know what kind of people I run with. Hmm? And here's the thing. He doesn't know that I really don't even believe in him. But he's coming to my house anyway. See, there are people in your life that don't believe in what you believe in. And they don't run with the, 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 the group that you run with. But you have the answer that they're waiting for. They just don't know it yet. But so often what I've discovered in the church world is we're, we're scared people. Now, we're not scared to, to, you know, talk bad about somebody on social media. But we're scared to share the gospel because you, we're, we're afraid of what somebody might. See, those days, listen to me very carefully, are coming to an end. Everybody else, they want to talk about their views and their opinions. It's time for the church. To, now, not in some abrasive, ungodly, ugly way, but we need, to, we need to be bold in who we are to share the love of Jesus with people. And he, you know, I'm sure that he's like, contrary to all the religious stuff that he's heard, I'm sure Zacchaeus is, is thinking these things. Man, this guy's coming to my house. He's not rejecting me. Huh? Check this out. He's not judging me see Zacchaeus is a representation of millions of us that begin to discover Jesus and it wasn't a bunch of biblical principles it wasn't a bunch of religious obligations you know it's just a real person making himself available see just a couple of hours with Jesus I want you to think about this just a couple of hours with Jesus 
made such an impact in his heart that it changed his life forever. Listen to this out of Luke chapter 19. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to, watch this, seek and save that which is lost. This is what Jesus did. This is the whole reason he came. This story with Zacchaeus, this is all about what Jesus does. And now we are his body on the planet. There are people, I promise you, just like Zacchaeus, there are people waiting for you to show up in their life. And they have no clue you're coming. But when you show up ready, not religious, when you show up ready, not religious, and you just tell the story. See, that's the thing about my story. I love telling my story because I came out of the world. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't, you know, I knew about Jesus. Like most people in, in the Bible Belt land that we live in, they have an opinion about Jesus. But then when they meet somebody and you share your story, there is spiritual power attached to that. See, I believe Jesus put this story in the Bible because every one of us at some point, we're going to be able to relate to this. See, guys, it's not just what, Jesus does it's who he is he is savior and he has defeated death one choice of faith to believe in him and accept him into your life you become this new person and what really goes against the culture of the religious world today is just how intentional I want you to think about this for a second just how intentional Jesus was with associating with people that didn't believe in him. I mean, he was hardcore to the religious group, but people that didn't know about him or people that didn't believe in him, man, he would make himself available in a minute. He would make statements like this, I must go to this city and preach the gospel. He didn't say, we feel like it. He, He had this compassion about him for people. And here's the thing, so often some of the things Jesus did in his day, it really doesn't fit the Christian mold, hmm? you know, hanging out with sinners. You know what's crazy about that when you think about it? They would listen to him. I mean, Jesus would show up in the middle of, and when I say, listen, I, I just, when I've said that, some people are like, mm. when I said sinner, some people got a little check, like, are you calling me? I'm not calling you anything except to Jesus. Huh? Sinner simply means this, because we all sin in that general sense, right? Nobody in this room is perfect to that stuff. But he's talking about people that don't know him, that are away from him. And they would listen to him. And then he would say things like this, anyone who believes in me, anyone, anyone. He didn't say go get your life right. Johnny, he didn't say straighten yourself out and then we can talk. No. He said, you believe in me? Come on. Then we'll go to work on you. I can tell you from experience, God will go to work on you. Because when I gave my life to Jesus, I know many of you know my story, but on Saturday night, I'm in my favorite watering hole. I probably need to rephrase that. There's there's probably a generation in here that doesn't know what watering hole is. (laughs) It's a bar. Like, pastor, you was, yeah, all up in there every Saturday night. Friday night, maybe Wednesday, you know. <laughs> but, but Sunday night, something happened to me. You know, I went to this 
crazy church and gave my life to Jesus. I had no idea. Trevor and I had no idea what was going to happen. But God had something set up for me. See, here's the thing, guys. When we, and you all know there was a gentleman that worked for me, and he just kept at me with Jesus, kept at me with Jesus, and he set a trap for me. Yeah, he got me. Won't you come to church, man? Huh? Well, the Lord knows what he's doing. See, Zacchaeus shows us that regardless of who we are, anyone that will give Jesus just a little chance, he can change your life for eternity. See, that's what this, this holiday, I know we call, many call it Easter. It's really not Easter. It's Resurrection Day for the believer. But this holiday is 100% about us acknowledging the reality that not only did Jesus die on the cross, but that God raised him from the dead. And now the man, Jesus, lives in heaven and his spirit lives in us. Now, I want you to think about this for a second, because the, the things that Jesus accomplished for us, you see, we're still here. He's already went through. He's the firstborn. He's already went through all this. Went through the transition. Now he lives in heaven. There's going to be a day soon where we all get to experience that same reality. Whether you go through the grave or through the sky and you're changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, we all get to experience that same world. But until then, we need to occupy while we're here. Everything about the Christian life hinges on the fact that a real person that we can't see left a real world we can't see and came to ours to give us a new life. Is that the coolest thing ever? And the reality of all of it hinges on our God-given ability to choose. To choose to believe in Jesus. Every one of us, we already, you know, we already have these lives that we, we've already kind of formed, if you will, because it all comes down to believing. Yeah? So you get to choose. You think about this. When I talk about choices, every one of us in this room, we already live within the boundaries of a belief system. The things that you do now, you do within the boundaries of a belief system that you've already established. All I'm asking today is that you give Jesus the same consideration that you give your current beliefs. Because, see, we live in a world, man, with, with the exposure to the information age that we're in, man, we're all over the place with beliefs. I mean, and there's some people out there that believe some crazy stuff right now. And, they, and you want to give us a hard time about believing in Jesus. Look at some of the stuff the world's believing in. Jesus isn't that hard anymore. <clears throat> now, he came to give us this new life. In Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says this, Through him, through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made, watch this very carefully, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. What the heck's that all about? What is the, un, Will, what's the unseen world, man? You see, guys, here's something I want you to understand. Th th these phrases, thrones and rulers and authorities and kingdoms, these are all order and rank 
in, the, on, in, in another dimension. See, everything that you see here is just in a fallen state. It was made from a replica or, or, or in, in comparison to what was there. And it's just corrupt and dead. But that'll soon be changed in a minute. Y'all with me? Okay. See, the real power is in Christ. And the more that we get to know him, the less the influence of sin, our old nature, our past failures, our religious opinions have any impact on our lives. Hmm? Our problem is we struggle because we won't accept the fact that this unseen world is real. This is the thing that you and I have to get to. And all he's simply asking is this. Will you follow me? On your good days? On your bad days? Because I can assure you of this. As long as we're following, he's influencing. Say follow. I, I can tell you, man, following Jesus, sometimes it can be challenging. Because he'll ask you to do things that's uncomfortable. Y'all okay? Has Jesus, now, now, I know some of you, you may not be ready for that yet. You may not be ready for Jesus to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you know that coworker you got? The one you can't stand? You know, gutter mouth coworker, emotional roller coaster, drama king, drama queen, co that, that one? Cody, I want you to take him to lunch tomorrow. Oh, bleep, no. No, no, no. Get behind me, Satan. No. Would God ask you to do things like that? I am telling you from firsthand experience, he will. Because he loves everybody. That's the whole point of Zacchaeus. Jesus did. He could have, he could have ignored him. I mean, there's several stories. You remember the, the, the uh, Syrophoenician woman with her demon-possessed child? Jesus ignored her. I mean, think about it. This woman comes to Jesus crying out to him, and he doesn't even turn around. Preacher rejects single mom. I can see the headlines now. Huh? He didn't, even, he didn't respond to her. And I know some people, they freak out over that. Oh, no, Jesus loves everybody. He does love everybody. But there are times when Je she wasn't even ready to receive. He didn't even respond to her. And then when he did, he called her a dog. Wow. He's really on a roll today. Huh? See, there will be these times, you all, when Jesus will ask you to step out of what's comfortable for you. You all, we tell you guys this every Sunday at the end of service, what's waiting on you outside the four walls? Opportunity. See, God's not asking you to be this perfect person. He's already came to the planet and accomplished what we need. All he's asking is that you follow him. And this is how you, this is how all of us, we become the body of Christ on the planet. We follow him. We do the things he says. It's why the apostle Paul so boldly quoted the prophet Hosea when he said this. And if you read that and you take a second, this is why sometimes you have to meditate the scriptures because Paul gets a little preachy here. He says, death is swallowed up in victory. And then he goes like this, death, where is your sting? 
Uh, he probably had a little swagger about him when he said it, you know. Grave, where is your victory? What can man do to me? Well, they can hurt your feelings. Hmm? They can talk about you on social media. That's old stuff right there, man. <laughs> That's been happening for years with what I do. People love to talk about the preacher. I appreciate your compliments, you know, but a lot of times it's not the compliment. They, they, it's the other one. They feel like, well, I got to let them know. <laughs> you don't have to. You can just. <laughs> yeah. See, for us that are born again people, our old man is gone. You are, according to the Apostle Paul, you are a new, new, and I know I keep quoting Paul, and here's one of the pushbacks, and maybe some of you are, are here this morning. I keep getting the pushback, yeah, but that, that Bible, man, you know man wrote the Bible. I, I just, somebody just, Derek, somebody just thought that this morning. Yeah, but the, the Bible, that's just man. I'm glad you brought that up. Because, yes, man wrote the Bible. Who else going to write? God doesn't need to write. He keeps the sun lit. Huh? He doesn't need to write. Man wrote the Bible. The Bible is for man. Man wrote it. Peter lets us know God moved on holy men and inspired them and gave them the revelation to say this. I mean, how do you think Moses wrote about Genesis in the beginning? It's not like the dude was there. Huh? God gave him a revelation of what it looked like. When Moses built the tabernacle, God showed him an image of it in heaven. And he said, you build it like this. This is what this world looks like. And every writer that God used to put ink to paper got the revelation from the Father. See, he came to this world to save the lost. This is the thing I love about Jesus, man. And if we never get people to this place where we begin to embrace this reality, he came to seek and save the lost. He came to fill God's plan and destroy the kingdom of darkness. Jesus did. And I begin to think about this and, and, and just kind of looking through because he, remember, he's the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Yeah? He left his kingdom and came to this one for a reason. And throughout the Bible, you see Jesus from every one of them. Who is this man, Jesus? In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's our Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Deuteronomy, he is the cloud at day and the fire by night. In uh, Numbers, he's the cloud and day by fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's our judge and our lawmaker. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. His name is Jesus, huh? In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is our rebuilder of broken walls. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our day, spring, and morning star. In Psalms, he's our Lord and shepherd. His name is Jesus. Huh? In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he's our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, Prince of Peace, in Jeremiah, Righteous Branch, in Lamentations, he is the, way, the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, the four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. Hosea, he's the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, 
He's the mighty one that saves. In Jonah, he's our missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of the elect. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist. In Zephaniah, he's God the Savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer. In Zechariah, he's the fountain of life. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. Who is this man? His name is Jesus. In Matthew, he is Messiah. In Mark, he is Wonder Worker. In Luke, he's Son of Man. In John, he's Son of God. In the book of Acts, he's the Holy Spirit. In Romans, he's our Justifier. In Corinthians, he's our Sanctifier. In Galatians, he's the Redeemer from the curse. In Ephesians, yeah, he's the Christ of the unimaginable. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies all. In Colossians, he's the fullness of God. In humanity, in Thessalonians, he's our soon coming King. In Timothy, He's our mediator. In Titus, he's our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's our everlasting covenant. In James, he's our great physician. In John, he is our love. In Jude, he's the Lord who is returning. In the book of Revelation, he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, son of the living God. And he came to defeat death hell and the grave death where is your victory grave where is your sting he is the lamb slain before the foundations of the world guys this whole thing was a setup god came for each and every one of us he made us alive together with him having forgiven all of our trespasses. He wiped out the requirements that were against us, nailing them to the cross. He disarmed the powers of darkness, making a public spectacle of them. See, today we celebrate this wonderful holiday because a real person left his world and came here, gave up his life as a human, and then God raised him back up. This is the essence of what the gospel is about. Jesus died and rose from the grave. And I get to live forever because of that. Many of you in this room, many of you watching and listening, I know that God is dealing with your hearts right now. And if you've never taken that step of faith, today's your day. Even if this isn't your style of church, you're here, man. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. I can assure you, I've done this for a little bit now, that thought that's rolling around in the back of your head, do I need that? You 100% need it. Yeah, but I don't like religion. I don't like all that stuff. Me neither. I despise religion. But you're here today, and that pull that you're feeling, like, what is that? It's really confusing. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is alive, and according to Jesus, you will be saved. It's that simple. But you have to take a step of faith. So if you're in the room today, or if you're listening and watching, stop what you're doing for just a second. It's the most important thing a human will ever do on this planet is give your life to Jesus. And we made it so easy for you. We as a church family here, we're all going to say the prayer together with you. That way, we're not embarrassing anyone. You don't have to walk an aisle, none of the, raise a hand, none of that stuff. Just right where you sit. Make the choice today to believe Jesus is a real person that came for you. Make this prayer confession with us today and give him a chance in your life.
Let's all say it together, church. Let's help. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, do us a favor. Stop by our information desk. We just got a gift for you. We want to help you on your journey. For those of you listening or watching, man, you got to tell somebody. The greatest thing in your life just happened. Heaven is your home. Now you get to discover this new life that Jesus came that you could have. And it's one decision at a time. It's one day at a time that you discover this new life. And in all of your junk and all of your ups and downs, your good days, your bad days, he's still going to be right there steady for you, bringing you through that. This is the life of faith. This is the Christian journey that we discover until we're all called home. But until that time, we are on the planet for a reason, right? So what's waiting on you outside these four walls? Let's go get it, people. God bless you all. We love you. Happy Resurrection Day. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.